Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Uh, today, Patricia has read an article for us about helping um, and the bright and dark sides of helping. But before we dive into that, um, how has your day been going? My day has been very, very busy. So we, for everybody listening, we were just at our annual conference, the Society of Industrial Organizational Psychology Conference um, last weekend. And before that, we were traveling for a talk um, at Clemson University. And then I had a client before that. So I was gone for like two weeks. Um, so today was like my first work day at home. And I feel like a little bit less crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I've started, I settled in a little bit. I'm not like a hundred percent caught up, but I'm close that I'm feeling better. Um, I made it to the gym. So overall it's been a pretty good day. I feel like I'm starting to get back into normalcy a little bit. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like it's always hard because you're doing a lot of work and a lot of running around at the conference, but like it's not your full-time job work. So mm -hmm. you're getting a lot done and you're being productive and you're, you know, kind of zooming around and meeting with people and making connections and all that kind of stuff. But then like real life is still occurring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's not like, oh, I was on vacation and now I get to come back and, you know, get caught up. But I had all this time where I was kind of relaxing. It's like you're away from work, but you're also like mm -hmm. not getting work related stuff done in the same way so it is it can be a little crazy yeah it does end up getting a little bit busy and then being away like I was literally away for 12 days yeah um which I know like you and I we had such great times we had a lot of fun it's not like we worked the entire time but we did do a lot of work yeah we got a lot done yeah and I don't feel like you know there was any day where it was just like us doing nothing no. so yesterday like was my I was at home for the first time full day um and I was like I can just do nothing for a little bit like yeah. yes I had things to do but I really try to make an effort to just like sit and like relax and like Good. not do anything um so I think that was really helpful because now I feel like a little bit re-energized I was yeah. really really exhausted when I landed back in LA I know the conference really does I mean it's awesome like I saw so many good things and I like was thinking so much about everything that like I got to see in the sessions and it's always so much fun catching up with people you don't usually get to see all of that's awesome but I was also feeling so tired because it's also like you go through um you know Thursday Friday um at the conference and then you have Saturday at the conference where generally you would have like the weekend to kind of mm -hmm. recoup you have one full day on the weekend that you're running around and so that's kind of it throws you off a little bit. <laughs> Agreed. And you were so busy. You were like PSYOP queen. Um, <laughs> Not PSYOP <just> queen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just running around. You have so many things going on. I mean, they're all amazing things, but you even like kind of lost your voice a little bit through it all. Yeah, I did. We that were supposed sad. to record uh, while I was there and... We ended up not have, being able to record while we were together because I was afraid of my voice going away. And I don't know what I would do without a voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'd feel like the Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Presenting without a voice doesn't really work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It really does not work. Yeah. Um, really nothing without a voice works. Even the Little Mermaid really should not have worked. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very, Just very makes true. No sense. It does not. Um, 
Yeah, but in any event, um, well, I'm glad that we've both um, kind of been able to get ourselves back into the groove. I feel like uh, we've still got some busy times ahead, like with your mm-hmm. wedding coming up and um, oh my gosh, <laughs> whatnot. I have a couple trips in between um, now and then, and uh, but it'll be here before you know it. I know. I can't believe how soon it is. And it's also really funny because it's like in a few weeks. It's like two and a half weeks, well, three and a half weeks. Um, But it's so soon. And it's crazy to think that, I mean, I have a trip too. Like, how do we still have travel between then and now? It's so so soon. I know. Oh, my goodness. It's very true. (laughs) But by the time we get there, we'll be all nice and relaxed and hanging out and... It'll be so fun. Yes, and we will fully disconnect and yes. enjoy our time. And I, I can't wait. It'll be great. I mean, I'm sure that I'll have like moments of anxiety or before the wedding, even when I'm in yeah. Hawaii. But uh, afterwards, like I'll have a whole week of just nothing, just yep. doing nothing, doing whatever awesome. I want. And I cannot wait. I feel like it's been such a crazy pa- few months. Like you know, we've yeah. talked about everything with with my cat, with Nittany, and you know, with all the wedding drama plus work has been so busy it's just been a lot um so I'm kind of like seeing the wedding as like the culmination of like a really crazy few months and then afterwards I'm hoping things will maybe calm down a little bit I'm sure it won't be like 100% but not having a wedding to plan will be um something to free up a little bit of my time yeah that'll be clutch yes that'll be awesome (laughs) and then we can plan some other more exciting stuff yeah all of our listeners that we i can, can't wait we've been brainstorming I the storm know. has been happening inside of the brain it has um, and all over alexandria because that's where we're doing it <laughs> that's true Our we brought the storm to alexandria yeah well it always it was raining here today it was actually storming here today Boom. so a lot of storms a lot of storming occurs here <laughs> brain and otherwise um well cool so Let's get into your article. Um, Let's do it. Could you tell us what the article is called and who it's by and all the bona fides? Sure. Yes. So this article, it was published in the Academy of Management Journal in 2016, um, written by Koopman Lanage, I think, and Scott. Um, And it is called... Integrating the Bright and Dark Side of OCB, a Daily Investigation of the Benefits and Costs of Helping Others. So the reason I picked this article was because it talks not just about positive things, but negative things with helping. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think we think helping is great, um, but there's obviously some downsides to helping too, because helping takes time. Um, And it was just a really interesting take on helping behaviors and how people work um, with helping each other at work and how that kind of plays out. So I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, just a quick definition of OCB, because that was in the title. So OCB means organizational citizenship behavior. And it's a term that's used in our field all the time. And basically it's um, some sort of behavior, something that somebody does that's discretionary. So it means it's like above and beyond their work title or the work role what they're supposed to be doing on the job it's not rewarded in any way um, and what it does is it actually ends up helping the company in some way so um, 
For example, if you are helping your coworker to meet a deadline, maybe they're getting close and they don't know if they'll finish on their on their own and so you step in and you help and that's not part of your job they're in a different maybe they're in a different department and you're just taking on some extra tasks or doing a couple things for them you know that is not part of your job so you're going above and beyond um you it's not something that has anything to do with your pay like you're not going to get paid more because you help them and in the end it's going to help the company in the long run because you are now helping somebody meet a deadline maybe that deadline is critical for some client or something like that and therefore the company is going to end up doing better and not and the people around you will be doing better because of that help yeah so it's basically the idea that you're providing assistance to someone or contributing to your organization in a way that um, is useful and productive but it's not something that you're held accountable for doing so you're sort of deciding on your own to go above and beyond the call of duty exactly And um, this study specifically looks at what's called interpersonal OCBs. So it's really exactly what I described with helping other people. So Mm -hmm. there's other types of OCBs where you can, um, you know, be impacting the company in some way. You're not directly helping a person. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this case, it's really all about helping other people. So doing something to help one of your coworkers, your managers, whoever um, on the job. So it's really focused in on that specific helping behavior. Okay. So it's uh, trying to focus less on, I know there are other forms of OCB, like uh, I'm going to provide some suggestions for how to improve a work process or something like that. But this is really about uh, doing something that would help your coworkers to improve or uh, get something done or something along those lines. Exactly. Yep. It's really about helping other people specifically. Okay, cool. So what were some of the kind of high level takeaways from this article? Yeah, so there's a few of them. Um, One thing that happens with helping behaviors is it can impact, this article talks a lot about how it can impact um, how you feel. So Mm -hmm. it's been shown that these helping behaviors can make somebody feel good. Right. Just thinking about like volunteer work. People talk about that all the time. You know, they feel rewarded. They feel good from helping other people. So this type of behavior that's helping others at work can also impact your mood. And it was shown in this study and in many studies that it can impact how you feel. So you can feel more positive, excited, enthusiastic, whatever that might look like. But the dark side is that it can actually also um make people feel stressed out about work goal progress. So every day you can imagine you probably have some goals some things you need to check off the to-do list. Um, and maybe you have broader goals too, but like every day you have little mini goals to get there, which we know is a good thing to do. Helping others can impact your progress to those goals. So this study and many studies before it have also shown that if you are helping other people, you might have a harder time meeting your goals. Your progress doesn't um, improve during that time period where you're helping other people, which I think makes sense, right? Yeah. Yep. That does make sense. So uh, there's a there's a positive benefit uh, in terms of how you feel uh, regarding giving back uh, to others, uh, but your progress uh, may not improve during that period of time. What's interesting, though, is that if you feel positively, it's going to ha- improve your well-being. You're going to be more happy in the job that you're in. You're going to feel more committed to the job. 
if you're a person that after helping you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not making progress towards my goals, you actually have negative impact. So you'd be emotionally exhausted and you'd be less satisfied in the work. So it's kind Mm. of this interesting relationship where if you feel great, then you have positive benefits towards your well-being. And if you're feeling stressed about your work goal progress, then you're going to have negative impact on your well-being. Oh, so it's more like, so that's really interesting. So it's kind of like your orientation towards whether or not you feel that uh, this lack of progress that's likely to happen if you take time out to help others is really distressing to you or if you feel like it was worth the time to go help other people uh, then you know that positive benefit is really boosted whereas Mm -hmm. for folks who don't feel that way uh, it detracts from uh, their ability to feel happy in their job. Yeah so you're actually getting to a really Um, to the next point, right? So you see those relationships, right? You see that helping others can make you feel better, which can help your well-being, or helping others can make you feel like you're not making progress, which hurts your Mm well-being. This study actually then looked to see what kinds of people feel better or worse if they help. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they looked at two different things. So they call, um, so they were looking at regulatory focus, and basically it's how are people um, approaching their work? What are they, how are they going to be focusing on their work? So we've got promotion focused people and prevention focused people. So Mm -hmm. promotion focused people, these are people that are really focusing on their aspirations, advancement. Um, one of the questions that would be asked for somebody that, um, is focusing on those accomplishments is I focus on accomplishing job tasks that will further my advancement. So really focusing on what they can do to help their career. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. These people are focusing in on that positive and trying to make an impact. Prevention-focused people, on the other hand, they're the people that are actually focused on avoiding things. They're avoiding errors. They're avoiding mistakes. So questions that uh, question that might be asked in a survey to see if you're prevention-focused would be, fulfilling my work duties is very important to me. So it's really okay. about finishing those goals. So it's a little bit, so they're similar, but different, right? If I'm yeah. promotion focused, I'm really focusing on, um, what I can get from helping others in this case, right? I yeah. want to be, I want to feel good. I want to, um, think about what can help my career, what can help people around me so we can all benefit. We can all, um, advance in our goals, et cetera. So we're thinking about, you know, what can we do to move forward while the prevention focused folks are the ones that are like, what are we doing to stop things from stopping us from moving forward? Does that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of like a negative versus positive perspective. Yeah. So it's like the first category of people would be like, okay, if we take the time to plant the seeds for positivity now, we'll reap those benefits tomorrow and it might help us move ahead. It might help me move ahead. I can sort of look into the future and see that this is going to make me feel better and kind of anticipate that that might improve my work. Whereas the person that's prevention focused is going to be more thinking about, well, if I spend time on this right now, it might cause me to make errors in the work that I'm currently doing. And so, and I don't want to lose anything. So it's sort of almost like a loss versus gain perspective. Exactly. Yeah. The people that are promotion focused, they're looking for, you know, to feel good, to be noticed by other team members as being good team members, to 
you know, go ahead and reach for those goals. And the prevention folks, people are cautious. They're the ones that are, you know, monitoring everything around them, making sure they're not making any mistakes or there aren't any issues that will come up. Um, and they just don't like the idea that their tasks and their work might not be completed. So that makes them anxious and they don't mm-hmm. want that uncertainty. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. I guess there's always this trade off with helping others that, uh, you know, you might get positive feelings from it, but it does cause you to spend extra time, which, you know, you only have so much time, so you might lose some time. And I guess what you're saying is that it depends on who you are as a person or what your orientation is towards that, whether or not you're going to reap the positive benefits and minimize the anxiety based on uh, losing time or whether you're going to focus more on the lost time and minimize the benefits of uh, sort of the, the good feelings that you might get from helping. Exactly. Yep. You've got it. So those promotion focused people, those people that are really focused in on, you know, the advancing and their aspirations, they're the people that are more likely to feel positive after helping others. They're the ones that feel good about it. They're the ones that are like excited that people see them as a helper. Um, and they're going to be feeling better. Their well-being is going to be higher. They're going to be more satisfied in their jobs. The people mm-hmm. that are more focused on avoiding errors and are really concerned about their job being done, like the actual tasks and duties, they're the ones that after helping somebody are going to feel that stress. They're not going to feel like they're making enough progress. And with that, their well-being is going to decrease. They're going to feel exhausted. They're not going to be as happy in their job or committed in their job. Yeah. So I guess an interesting question then would be like, how do we get around that? Or should it just be that? people who are not who are more prevention focused just shouldn't help others in order to preserve their well-being and people who are promotion focused should but then at what point does it sort of get to be that like there's you know 10 things that need to get done from an organizational perspective that involve helping and all 10 of those now need to get done by the promotion focused people and maybe they become overly distracted by um, helping other individuals like does mm-hmm. the article have any ideas about what people should do about this from a managerial perspective or like what organizations could do so there wasn't a lot about it I think that the idea here was like hey it's not good for everybody to help and what other research can be done to then um, figure out what the next steps would be but I've been thinking about this a lot and thinking about what you know what organizations should do what people can do Um, I think from an individual perspective so as an employee it's good to know who you are Right. Mm -hmm. It's good to understand if you're promotion focused or prevention focused. Are you the person that really wants to further their career or really focusing in on how to advance, how to progress, how to get rewarded for helping other people, those types of things? Or are you the person that's so nervous about not completing their tasks that really want you want to focus in on finishing everything, meeting your deadlines, um, and thinking about what issues might come up so that you can prevent any problems. So if Mm -hmm. you can figure out which one of those two you are, then you know whether or not helping is going to be good for you. Mm -hmm. So if you are somebody that helping is going to help you, then don't shy away from it. It's fine. You should definitely go out and help. If you are somebody where helping might hurt you, then you probably want to limit. I would never say don't help people at work because you're going to need help at some point, right? And right. Um, if you are the person that never helps, then there's that 
that reciprocal relationship won't exist. You're not going to have, like, you'll have problems with coworkers that it doesn't make sense to never help, but Mm -hmm. you might want to limit it. You might want to figure out when it's most meaningful. And maybe you want to make sure that when you're helping somebody, it's at a time where you might maybe have a little bit more flexibility in your schedule so that you're not feeling stressed by the fact that you might not be able to complete some tasks. Yeah. And I would imagine that that's just a general orientation that people could get themselves used to. But there's probably, you know, extremes that maybe if we're just like thinking about our own interpretation of these findings, even if the article didn't have a lot um, in there, it's like probably on the far end, if you're helping, even if you love helping, if you're spending all your time helping other people and you're not getting your work done, that's going to start to be counterproductive. If you're Mm -hmm. spending none of your time helping because you're so nervous about getting your own work done, probably people are going to think that you aren't very good team player. So it might also be good to say, okay, well, I'm aware of my natural orientation and I won't shy away from helping if I feel like it's good for me. And I won't shy away from maybe sticking more inside my own job duties if it is something that's going to harm me. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe also thinking about how to uh, think realistically about on one end, is it really, you know, necessary for you to help everybody and spend all your time helping? Or, you know, is it really so bad if you spend a little bit of time helping others in the opposite case, um, just to make sure that you don't fall into either extreme? Agreed. I think that's completely valid. You know, it needs to be a balance. You can know that you can lean one way or the other, but I think you can't completely eliminate helping. And I think obviously you can't spend your entire time helping. So you need to work on that balance and figure out what makes the most sense for you. I just think that, you know, knowing that helping is not always good, um, is, is critical because I think we think, Oh, well we should always help. It's kind of, um, maybe not everybody thinks this way, but I think there's some organizations where that might be in the culture or, um, you know, I think there's just some people that, that feel that need to help, even if it's not good for them. So I think you really yeah. need to know when to say no if you are a person that maybe will be exhausted and overwhelmed if you don't, um, if you if you do help in a situation where you're busy. Yeah, and probably managers might be aware that, you know, while they might, if you're a person, if you're a manager that's very promotion focused and you feel like, well, helping is great, like it helps it helps you. It helps other people. Like this is a win-win and you can't understand why somebody else on your team or somebody that you manage might not, or even as a coworker, you can't understand why your coworker might shy away from helping others. This might help you understand a little bit better that it doesn't feel the same way for everybody, that it's uh, not the same experience. So Mm -hmm. it's more understandable. Maybe if you have someone who's not as willing to help, um, you can sort of begin to understand it as, Oh, that's like, how they're oriented as opposed to thinking of it like, Oh, well they just don't like me or they don't care about this job. Um, so I think having more detail on what causes people to feel comfortable or uncomfortable or the fact that there's some, you know, variation in the extent to which it is useful for people, um, from an intrapersonal perspective to help others can also maybe get rid of some of the stereotypes that people might have if people don't have the same orientation towards helping that they do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that knowledge is just important, especially in coworkers, of course, but especially if you're managing people, you know, it's really important for managers to understand their, their employees and their styles and, you know, tailor the way they work with them based on who they are. And each of the employees are individuals and, uh, you know, somebody might need more micromanaging than somebody else. And this is kind of similar, right? That somebody might need to help more than other people or some people might not 
benefit from helping. And so just being aware of how your team functions can help you be a much better manager. And I also think that if you want to promote helping, so if your culture and your organization is everyone helps each other out, that's like what you do. Well, how can you tailor the workplace so that people that maybe feel these negative consequences around their goal progress um, can have that go away? So for example, if I, in my company, the culture is to help other people, maybe you don't fill everybody's plate at 100% then. Maybe you give right. them 10% of time to be able to help other people. And then it's part of their goals. It's part of what they're expected to do. And so if it's part of your goals and duties and tasks to reach out occasionally, help somebody or, you know, work in a team for a certain thing, you know, whatever that looks like, then it's no longer going above and beyond. It's no longer helping in the way it's defined here. Right. It is now a goal that they're progressing Mm -hmm. towards. And that would, in theory, make them feel better because they're now meeting their goals or working towards a goal. Yeah. So if you want to institutionalize this kind of thing, instead of expecting it from people or thinking people that don't help are worse employees or something like that than people that do help. If it's something that you really want people to be doing and you're going to judge them uh, based on it, like implicitly that it's going to affect the way that you think about them and maybe the way that you rate them, then you should just build that into the job characteristics that you rate people on. So instead of, you know, sort of leaving it up to people's discretion and then getting upset when some people do it and other people don't do it, say, okay, well, this is clearly something I want you to do. So we're going to formalize it. We're going to make it part of your goals. And that might alleviate some of the stress that somebody feels if they do go help somebody and they're prevention focused because it's actually part of what they're supposed to be doing so it alleviates the tension of being a taking time away from a required action exactly I think that's really important um and I mean I'm not 100% sure if it'll work right we don't have a lot of research on this if that would actually help but I think the theory is there so I can't imagine it would hurt um Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really an interesting approach that if you really want helping to occur, then formalize it to some degree and hopefully that can reduce some of the negative reactions that people that are prevention focused might be experiencing so that those individuals can help and feel good about it and feel like they're making progress towards their goals and not have that emotional exhaustion component. So they're not feeling so exhausted. They're still happy in their jobs because obviously we know from everything we've talked about that well-being is really important and we want our employees to be happy and healthy and that helps them be more productive so if we're putting something in place where there's this weird not formal expectation to help too much then you're actually gonna be hurting these employees and then their productivity is gonna go down and it's not not a positive situation to be in yeah absolutely yeah so I think there are some good takeaways here with regard to what managers can do to either formalize these things or, uh, you know, to just make sure that you're aware that some variation in this is normal if you're not so interested in formalizing it. But, you know, you might be trying to say, oh, like this person is, um, you know, not helping others. That must mean that they don't care about others or something to make those kinds of assumptions would be uh, off base, right? Because it's just that people feel a different kind of or level of anxiety uh, surrounding those behaviors. And then, 
it can also work the same way with your coworkers. Like if you ask somebody for help and they they say no, your initial reaction might be, oh, well, that person just doesn't like me or maybe they're just a jerk or something like that. If your way of thinking about it is promotion focused, but when you recognize that that could be something anxiety provoking for another person, um, if they're prevention focused, you might understand a little bit more that you might need to try a couple different people to ask for help from before you find somebody who it's actually going to benefit in a way that's positive. Mm-hmm. And I think it really all comes down to something that's so important in organizations and teams all the time. It's communication and transparency. And Mm -hmm. if if you're listening right now and you're prevention focused and you feel like everybody's always expecting you to help, but you are identifying with this feeling of feeling stressed out if you're helping, um, you're not alone. This is obviously a studied thing. So it's okay. And you can have those conversations. Hopefully you're in a culture and um, an organization where you can maybe talk to your manager and say, hey, like I'm not always helping that often, but it's because of this. And I, you know, I was learning that this might not be good for me. So I'm trying to figure out a good balance. Maybe we can work on that together. Or, you know, explaining to your coworkers, like having those conversations, I think is really important. And if you're able to do that, if you're in a place where you have that, that um, communication channel open, then you should take that opportunity and have these conversations because people are different. I mean, we talk about this all the time in all sorts of different topic areas that we've discussed where, you know, in some cases you might be stressed out by something that other people are not stressed out by and that's okay. Everybody's different and helping is not different in that, right? Helping is also something that affects people differently. And I think um, being open about it is the best you can do. And if you're a manager, maybe starting those conversations with your team members and letting them know that it's okay, that if they need to say no, how can they say no? Giving people the flexibility to say no um, if they need to. Yeah. And if you're a prevention focused manager, you might think it's strange for other people to spend time helping other people. And you might actually see that as wow, like my employees are spending a lot of time socializing or being counterproductive or something like that. If you're like general mentalities that people should stay in their own lane and stay in their own box. So also recognizing that if you're not a person that feels like that is helpful and you would see it as like, oh, that person's being too risky or taking too much time away from their own own job to recognize that it does help for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Is there anything else about this article that you think that people should know in order to recognize whether or not helping is good or bad for them? I think we covered most of it. I think it's just really, you know, being honest with yourself as to where you fall. I think it's really easy to want to be promotion focused because it just sounds more positive. And that's not necessarily the case, right? It doesn't matter. Like you can't fail your personality. I mean, I feel like that's a silly thing. So if you're prevention focused, that's just who you are and that's great. Embrace it and figure out how to make this work for you. Um, so I think being honest with yourself is really critical because again, you know, I, I feel like there's some positive and negative societal attributions to the things that we just talked about that, yeah. you know, helping make somebody better somehow and not helping makes you worse or, um, you know, obviously if it's like a life or death situation, you ignore somebody, maybe yes, you can say that. But, um, in the workplace, when it comes to completing tasks, it's not that way at all. And it's okay if you are the person that needs to focus and take care of yourself because taking care of yourself is really important. And, 
you know, hopefully your coworkers don't want you to burn out and be in a negative place just because you help them. So I think you need to be able to take care of yourself and be honest where you fall on the spectrum. Um, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. agree. And helping other people is not, you know, I think it's interesting just to think that there's like groups of people within the workplace that are thinking, wow, helping other people are so nice and then is so nice. And then another group of people that's like helping other people is irresponsible, right? Like you're neglecting your work duties. And so um, just recognizing that these two sort of approaches to helping exist in the workplace and, um, you know, understanding that they exist naturally, it's okay. Um, but also that, you know, there has to be some way of working with that. So um, mm-hmm. if it helps you to help, then you should help. But if, it har- <laughs> if it harms you to help, then you should not. <laughs> Great takeaway, Katina. Yes, I love it. <laughs> thank you. It was not a poem, but it sounded a little poem-like. It is a poem. It's a poem in my heart. well that helped me to be happy (laughs) to hear that (laughs) that my non-poem um landed somewhere in your heart and became a poem it's so beautiful it's so beautiful it is yes well we'd love to hear from you our fabulous listeners and you know hear your stories are you prevention or promotion focused do you feel any of the things that we talked about in terms of helping others um, we'd love to know your story so please reach out you can find us on workerbeing.com you can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com and you can also find us on social media and we're at workerbeing pretty much anywhere twitter linkedin instagram and facebook thanks for listening share your heart poems with us bye, <laughs> bye. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh, 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 oh,